ourselves the question, is it worth it? And every week I'd like to challenge us to do something costly for Christmas. So whether you like it or not, that challenge is going to be out there, okay? All right? This morning, as I said, we're going to consider Mary. So I'd ask you to open up your Bible or one of the Pew Bibles, or if you're following along on the Bible app, to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 is where we're going to pick up this morning. Luke 1, verse 26, and following, we're just going to read several verses this morning about this encounter that Mary has with the messenger of God named Gabriel. Verse 26, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Now the virgin's name was Mary. Let's stop there for a minute and consider Mary's life up to this point. All right? Now there's some, some uh, disagreement, some dispute over the exact age of Mary. Some say that she was as young as 12 I've got a 12-year-old daughter right now, and uh, she's not here this morning, um, not in the sanctuary at the moment, so I can say this, she is not mature enough to be, to be responsible for a child, let alone to be responsible for the Messiah but here's Mary. Some say she was as young as 12. Some say she was as old as 16. It was standard in that culture to be married around that age, somewhere around 12 to 14. But some claim, again, she was as old as 16. Nonetheless, a very young girl. She is, it says, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now Joseph, we find in other from other scripture, other places in scripture that Joseph was an upright man. He was a good man. We also find that Joseph was a carpenter, that Joseph Perhaps wasn't a man of means, but he could make a living. He knew how to support himself and was prepared to support his family. Consider Mary's life at this point. Mary, a young girl, pledged to be married to a good man. She's getting excited about her wedding. She starts to plan it. Her family is getting excited. Her friends are getting excited about this. Just put yourself in that mindset of Mary at this point. Also know Mary herself is a good woman, a good young woman. There's a reason God chose Mary. Amen? Mary had been raised to know the Scriptures, to, to have heard the prophecies of the coming Messiah. Mary was knowledgeable about these things. Mary was devoted to God Almighty. Mary, a young woman, 
now engaged, and she's visited by an angel of the Lord named Gabriel. Verse 28, the angel went to her and said, doesn't matter what the angel says at this point, she's going to be floored. But he says to her, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Greatly, Mary was greatly troubled by these words, and she wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. I'd say so. Verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child, you will give birth to a son, you will give him the name Jesus, he will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, his kingdom will never end. Let's stop right there and consider this greeting, this message that the angel Gabriel gives to Mary. Know this, friends, it had been 400 years plus since God had spoken to anyone, since a prophet had written a word of God, that God had sent a messenger to visit anyone 400 years plus. The prophet Malachi wrote his words and then silence, not a word. The Messiah is coming and then 400 years of, some say, darkness and silence from God. And this silence is broken this very night in the town of Nazareth to a virgin named Mary when the angel of the Lord named Gabriel comes and speaks this greeting to Mary. And so as I said before, it doesn't matter what Gabriel says at this point. Mary is shocked. Why would God send a messenger to me? After silence for 400 years. This is what he says though. Listen to these words. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. These are good things, aren't they? Do not be afraid. He goes on. You have found favor with God. You will give birth to a son. Now it starts to get a little confusing. The first few, I'm all right with. God, you send a messenger to me. Tell me not to be afraid. Tell me I'm highly favored. Tell me that the Lord is with me. But if I'm a young girl in Nazareth, pledged to be married, a virgin, I don't want to hear that next line. You will give birth to a son. As my kids often say, what? You will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. Let's stop on those two right there. You will give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. I said before, Mary knew the prophecy. Mary had been raised in this. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It was read for us this morning by the Hinderleiters. The virgin will be with child, will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. He will be called, rather, Emmanuel, which means God with us, which means Jesus. 
So Mary, sitting in her humble home as a humble woman, hears this messenger of the Lord say, you will, have, you will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. Her mind races back to Isaiah 7. Is this a dream? I've heard this many a time before. How can this be reality? Why me? Gabriel continues with these last two lines. He will be called the Son of God, and He will be the King over Israel forever. These are the very words used in Psalm chapter 89. The Messiah will come from the line of David. He will establish His throne in Israel. His reign will never end. Mary hears these words, and again, I feel as though her mind is blown. And I wonder how would I react? How would you react that night in Nazareth? Mary responds, verse 34, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? See, this is a question, but not a, not a question of what. What are you talking about, Gabriel? This doesn't make any sense to me. That's probably a question that I would ask. Well, what, what, you know, I, I, I know the prophecy, but this, this can't be real. But Mary's was not a question of, of what, because she understood the prophecy. This was not a question of obedience. We will find that, that Mary was ready to submit to the Lord's will no matter what. So this was not a question of obedience as if she were Moses to say, go find somebody else. I'm not up for the task. Mary's was a question of physical possibility. How will this be since I am a virgin? It's physically impossible. This is a great question, isn't it? Would you agree? This is a good question. Come on, come on. I, I, I got to know you're still awake. So, this is a good question. This is a question that even several thousand years later, the church still wrestles with. People in the church come all the time and say, do you really think that a virgin birth was possible and is possible? I'd say this, the God that spoke everything into existence, the God that, that spoke life into the dirt can do anything. Amen? If God can speak life into the dirt and bring it into reality, if God can transform hearts and lives of some of the, the most sinful, cruel people, anything is possible for God. Amen. So Mary says, is how can this be since I am a virgin? And I want to tell you, this miracle is what makes salvation possible. If Jesus were not born of a virgin, He would not have been the, the sinless, spotless Lamb to die on the cross for our sins. It would have been impossible for Him to pay our sin debt if He Himself were wrapped in sin. We keep going. Verse 35. The angel answered, This is how it's possible. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, who was is going to have a child in her own age. And she, who was said to be barren, is already in her sixth month. For nothing, and this wraps it up, friends, for nothing is impossible with God. See, Gabriel could have said that last line, and he wouldn't have even had to tell her about the miracle of her, her cousin Elizabeth, who was with child six months. Gabriel could have simply answered Mary's question, nothing's impossible with God. Believe it. That's it, Mary. We've chosen you for, or God has chosen you for a reason, and nothing is impossible with Him. But consider this, this explanation from Gabriel. He says to Mary, the Holy Spirit will empower you. The Holy Spirit will, will fill you. This was the first filling of the Holy Spirit within someone. Amen? Long before the day of Pentecost, Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit. The power of God will overshadow you. You know what this means? It means, Mary, you're going to decrease and God's going to increase. You're going to become second in your own life from this point on. Think about that. The Holy Spirit will empower you. The power of God will overshadow you. That means that God will be in you and all around you. Mary, that's powerful. And then he ends, nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. And Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. End of story. It's done. See, there was not a long, lengthy decision process. I'm sure Mary thought more about her engagement to Joseph then she spent deciding whether she was going to allow herself to be used by God. How will this be since I'm a virgin? Well, God will fill you with His Holy Spirit. He will surround you with His presence. For nothing's impossible. Okay. I'm in. I'm sold. That's it. Praise the Lord. I am the Lord's servant. May it be... As you have said, I wonder how I would have responded. I wonder how you would respond that night in Nazareth. God says, I want to use you, but God, it's impossible. From what I understand, from what I know, it is physically impossible for you to use me in this condition, God. No, nothing's impossible for God. Okay, I'm sold. I'm in. Right? That's all I need, that reminder. Nothing's impossible for God. I wonder how many of us jump right in when we hear that. Nothing's impossible for God. But God, it's physically impossible. But nothing's impossible. Okay, I'm in. Right? I mean, this is... In my mind, and there's a reason God chose Mary, and perhaps not one of us, 
Because in my mind, I don't jump right in with both feet. I say, well, Gabriel, can you come back in a couple of days? I really need to weigh some things out. I need to look at my finances. I need to see how my family is going to react about this. I need to consider if I truly want to be used in this way. If I want to give everything up and become second in my own life, God, can you come back in a couple of days? I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. What did, what did, what did Christmas cost Mary? Her reputation? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, think about Mary's life. I mean, she's, she's going to be married. She's engaged to be married. A virgin pledged to Joseph... So many people accused her and still thought of her as an adulterer. Well, she must have gone out on Joseph beforehand. We'd have that gossip going around our community quicker than... I won't finish that. Right? I don't know why you're laughing, but I'm okay with it. Many claimed and, and still thought, even, even though Joseph would later come to her defense, thought that she was an adulterer. Joseph, I mean, her own fiancé was ready to divorce her quietly, separate himself completely from her. He thought she was an adulterer. I mean, even for, even for a day, even for an hour, even for a minute... Can you imagine the one you loved thinking these kind of thoughts about you? To say that Mary, that, that Christmas cost Mary her reputation is an understatement. Christmas cost Mary her future. Everything. I'm sure there were family members and, and friends that not only distanced themselves from Mary, but disowned her completely. I don't want anything to do with her. She claims that he's the Messiah. What a story. But more tangibly, what did Christmas cost Mary? It cost her her body. I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said literally Mary had to turn over her body physical body to be used by God pregnancy nine months of carrying a child now I've never experienced that but I know some several of you have and judging from the I'll just say judging from living in a home with someone and spending the 36 months around that, that's quite a commitment. That's quite a sacrifice. That's quite a cost. Christmas cost Mary her body. Pregnancy, birth, the pain of childbirth. They didn't have epidurals back then. Mary didn't know this at the time, but she's going to be laying in a bed of straw. You ever laid in a bed of straw? You ever given birth in a bed of straw? Not me. I don't choose that. Right? Motherhood. I mean, I haven't even gotten to the big one yet. Sleepless nights demanding... I mean, whew. 
My goodness, my wife was up at uh, 3.15 this morning cleaning up a mess. And um, praise Jesus, I don't get woken up for those. At least I didn't get woke up for that one. Right? That's the call of motherhood, right? To, to be there for your child. I'm not saying to let your husband sleep, no. I'm saying that's the call of motherhood. And Mary understood that. And she was willing, still willing. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be as you have said. Was it worth it to Mary? First, I'd say ask a, ask a mother. Ask a mother who's looked at their, their, their newborn baby. Ask a mother who's raised a child, is it worth it to have this son or this daughter? But more than that, I'd say ask any one of us. Ask anyone who has their life wrapped in sin, who has no other way out, who finds that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father God except through Jesus. Was Christmas worth it? Amen, hallelujah, a million times. But again, I ask, how would you have responded on that night? Is it worth it? What if, what if, now just stick with me for a minute, what if God came to you? What if God wrote to you? What if God sent someone to you and said, I want to I want to fill you with my Holy Spirit. I want to surround you with my blessings. I want you to become second so that I might become first in your life. I want to use you, your hands, your feet, your words. I want to use you to change the world. I want to use you to transform lives. I want to use you and I need you. I need you to commit. I need you to jump in with both feet. Maybe you don't understand all the costs yet. Maybe you don't understand all the demands yet. But what if God came to you and to me and said, I want to use you. See, when I read the scripture and when I think about our lives as those that are committed and faithful to Jesus, seems to me like God already has. Amen? And to think about the ripple effect that our life can have on so many others. To think about the eternal impact that my life can have on someone else. I want to jump in with both feet. Amen? I want to respond in much the same way that Mary did. But there's things in my life that prohibit that. There's things in my life that, 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 that keep me back, that make me hesitant to cross that line. And I'd say this, we need to address those things in each one of our lives long before... God comes and says, are you ready to jump in with both feet? So many of us have, have accepted Jesus. So many of us claim to be committed and faithful followers of Jesus. Many of us have even stood in this very baptistry and been baptized. Amen? 
conversation that I had with my son before he was baptized was this is a life-changing decision. If you stand before the church and you say, you're gonna, I want to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that means that you're ready to give everything up. His eyes got about this big and he said, everything? That's right, everything. Would you still make that same choice again? What does Christmas cost you and me? And is it worth it? This next week, I'd I'd like us to take a challenge. To take on this challenge, to do something. I said Christmas physically, among all the other things, Christmas physically cost Mary her body. She had to give it up to be used by God for a season of her life at the very least. I would like to challenge us to do something with our hands for the sake of Jesus this next week. To physically act in kindness towards someone, perhaps someone that we don't know, perhaps it's someone that we don't like. Now I just made some people nervous. That's okay. But to do an act of kindness, to act for Jesus this Christmas season. That's our challenge this next week. To do something to illustrate Christ's love, even if you don't know the person, even if they will never acknowledge you have done this act for them. Can we do that? Don't say amen. I'm here too, so praise the Lord. We got two. Let's respond, friends, as Mary. I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. I don't know what specific area of life God is calling on you right now. Perhaps He visited you last night. Perhaps He visited you early this morning. Perhaps as you read your Scripture this morning, you you stumbled upon a passage and it struck your heart and you said, God, I know You're challenging me in that area. I know You're calling me out of my comfort zone in that area. Let us respond in whatever way God is calling us this morning, just as Mary did. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be as he has said. Imagine if the church rose up. Imagine this Christmas season if brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus truly went out and became his hands, his feet. Imagine if this community experienced love like never before. Imagine the way it would would turn lives upside down and transform homes. Let it be as you have said. Father God, I thank you for the day that you've given us. I thank you, God, for this Christmas season. I thank you, Jesus, for our time of worship. I thank you, God, again, that we can commune with you. I thank you, Jesus, for the life of Mary. I thank you, God, for the, the Apostle Luke, Lord, who took these these stories down, Lord God, wrote them, Jesus, Your words to us, Your love letter to us. Lord God, I thank You for the account recorded for us. I thank You, God, for the challenge that is in this account of Mary's life, Jesus. I thank You most of all, Lord God, for being born. Lord, for coming and being a part of this world. Lord Jesus, I pray that You would 
lay those, these challenges upon us. These next days, Lord, in this next week, Lord, throughout the Christmas season, Jesus, lay new challenges on us. Lord, challenge us to become more and more, Lord, followers of you, more committed and faithful to your call in our lives. Jesus, we will give you thanks. We will give you praise. And we will worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's